I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Andy J Podcast. Podcast. Hey, welcome to the very latest episode of the Andy J Podcast. Now, we have been bringing you so many, so many episodes recently, and I've got to tell you, I'm really, really pleased to be able to welcome today's guest. Now, he might not be a household name, but I'm telling you, he has been in so many shows and movies that you have seen. And if you just quickly Google search him, he's one of those people that you go, oh, that guy. Oh, of course. What I'm also prepared to say is he is such great company. I mean, honestly, I started chatting. His name's James Lance, by the way. He's a wonderful actor, just getting that out from the front. James Lance, the actor, is my guest today for a whole hour in conversation with him. And he is brilliant, brilliant company. I hadn't met James before. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was aware of lots and lots of his shows. And he's been in everything. I can also tell you you are in for a real treat with a couple of particular anecdotes. One of them about Joanna Lumley is, well, I love it. I've thought about it often since he he shared it with me. Another is from the film Bronson, where he starred opposite Tom Hardy. And oh my, it is worth its weight in gold. So those moments in particular are glorious. Then there's plenty of other things about his approach to life, which I love. He's a guy I want to be friends with, actually, because he's just a really interesting, happy... Oh, it's a ray of sunshine. Look, enjoy this. It's going to make you smile probably for the whole hour. Have a lovely experience. Thank you so much for choosing the Andy J podcast. It is greatly appreciated. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, subscribe. We've got Harry Redknapp tomorrow. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right, King of the Jungle, managing legend, Harry Redknapp himself. He's on the show tomorrow. But for now, enjoy James Lance. The Andy J Podcast. My guest right now, I am so pleased to welcome him. You will know him from super movies such as Bronson and Northern Soul and incredible television like Ted Lasso, Hotel Babylon, Pennyworth, Teachers, Alan Partridge. He's only got a new movie out as well. He is the actor that I would have to say has the greatest hair in the world. It is the marvellous James Lance. How are you doing, James? Wow, what an introduction. Uh, thank you very, very much. And and my hair is also sending you much love um, for the recognition. <laughs> it is my, my favourite hair on planet Earth, James. How do you do it? And please tell me it's all your own. <laughs> I have a myriad of wigs um, that, that in the basement uh, that I steal from people when I'm out and about. Um, no, it, it is my hair. It is my own hair, uh, it seems. And it's, it's, it's remaining, it's, it's sticking with me. It's like I'm in a double act these days. It's, I mean, in the, in the new movie, which we'll come on to talk about, <laughs> Me, Myself and Die, your hair, yes. it's almost like a secondary character. It is so remarkable. I mean, it is, it is amazing hair. I know what you mean. It, yeah, it's like, a, I, it's like I'm the ventriloquist dummy and the, and, the, and the hair is sort of operating there, it, it seems. What, what, I, what I find brilliant, James, is, is that in recent times, recent shows and movies that you've done, there's, mm. you, you've had, which, which obviously is your natural, you've had this kind of little grey streak over on the sort of left, which has yeah. become slightly more pronounced as your hair's got longer and so on. <laughs> and and your art department haven't said, oh, we'll just get you some Just for Men. They've, just, they've let you go with it in every show. It's, it's great. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. What seems to happen quite often is to, is that because I'm working on one project and then there's another one, I I sometimes have had to kind of keep it long, and then it's kind of continued, it's continued on, if you know what I mean, because of continuity of jumping between projects. So it's kind of um, it's got it slipped through the cracks of the uh, hair and makeup department, who quite often would like to get their hands on it and sort it right out, to be honest with you. You have done, um, you have done very well keeping it. In, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. 
I've I've only acted in one thing in my entire life, which was Dead, okay. the, uh, the the ITV drama with David Tennant and um, oh, yeah. Daniel Mays. Yeah. And I had a tiny, yeah. tiny little role and I was the reporter on it. And at the time I had quite huge hair, sort of akin to yours in, in the new movie. It was sort of, sort of massive. And they... Oh, they really went for it, and it, they gave me this '80s lop, and I was, and I didn't know that's what actors did. I thought you all wore wigs. I just thought that was what it was. So I was yeah. very surprised that my uh, my rock star haircut got utterly obliterated just just to play, yeah. you know, five minutes of telly. I was like, wow, all right, fair enough. Yes, yes, that is one of the. Uh, I'm afraid that happens. That happens. <laughs> yeah, I I, I sympathise. It's um, at least it grows back, of course. Well. Yes. <laughs> were you were you in a scene with were you in a scene with Dan, Danny Mays? I was. I was in a scene. Yeah. I, well, I had several scenes. I was quite. I was quite fortunate. I was in a. I was in the all three episodes. And uh, yeah, Danny, what a star! What a lovely, He's lovely. Amazing. Man. Yeah. He's an amazing man. I did a series with Danny called Top Buzzer many years ago just before his career really took off. And he's just a mega talent. He's a, he's a beautiful human being. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's very cool. Mm. He's, he's been on this show and, and the audience oh, good. as well. Cause he's just, he told a great yarn, you know, he's, he's, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a real deal. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's as good a company off screen as he is, you know, on the radio, as it were. And and I loved him for that. In fact, sorry, James, we're talking about someone else here. I'm, but it, it Please do. sets the standard yeah. for which I expect you to uh, to live up to, James. He, <laughs> he told us this wonderful anecdote about how he froze on stage at the National in front of. I, I wish I could remember which director it was. It was it was someone akin to Spielberg. You know, it was this massive talent oh. who was there, oh. and he was like, "Yeah, I I died. I literally I had." two minutes where I couldn't remember a single word and it was a lovely story oh wow oh that's the that's the ultimate nightmare that one yeah 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 well do you ever get that because you're uh, correct me if I'm wrong James but you're the, the the majority of your acting career is is in tv and movies it's you're not so much a, a board treader um it has mainly been on screen you're right I have done a fair bit of theatre as well but um it is mainly on the screen indeed you're you're right and is, yeah. that, is that a conscious thing, James? Because, uh, as I say, not an actor, don't quite understand how any other company or business works, really. I, you, you only live in your own shoes, don't you? And But as an actor, mm. you sort of sometimes assume that you get to sort of pick and choose. You kind of go, oh, well, I'm going to be a TV actor or I'm going to be a movie actor or I'm going to be just the theatre or, or whatever it mm. might be. But, but mm. you're at the top. You know how it works. What's it really like? What is a day-to-day -day life for an actor? Crikey. Well, a day-to-day -day life as an actor is uh, is not working, I would say, most of the time. And thinking, uh, uh, how, you know, trying to kind of maintain your uh, um, your mindset so that you're ready when the phone does ring or the email pings. Um, and, uh, yeah, of course, I have no idea what's going to come in. I have absolutely no idea at all whether it, whatever um, uh, medium it's going to be in, you know, from film, TV, radio, stage. Um, so, but I like that about it. You know, that that's, um, for me, that's part of the thrill in, um, you just never know where you're going to be, who you're going to be playing, who you're going to be playing with. Um, and uh, I love that, that, that part of it. You know, it, it's, it's akin to life, life itself, really. But does it also have, because I hear what you're saying, it, it is that you, you get the highs with it, but does that also mean there's a state of sort of mild anxiety when the phone's not ringing and wondering how sort of long it's going to be? I mean, you're not a man, I've, I'm very familiar with your CV, you're not a, a man who's long between jobs traditionally. You seem to kind of go from one show to another show to another show. You're regularly booked, but there must be occasions in every actor's life where it's been a couple of weeks and you start to think... It it may appear like I go from one show to one show, but that isn't how it is at all. No, I've had huge swathes of time with absolutely nothing. And, um, I mean, I can't, it was probably the longest amount of time I've not worked. It might be about a year or even nine months. I know there was a few periods like that. Um, or you might have a couple of years that are just really fallow, where you just only get a couple of gigs over those years that, you know, for whatever reason, aren't particularly well paid or, you know, or, particularly great um so yeah you are of course you're at the mercy of the flip side to uh what i was just describing being the, the thrill of it there's also like everything in life there's you know there's some um, drawbacks and benefits and the drawback is you just don't know what's going to come up next like right now i've just finished working and i have no idea what i'm going to do uh next other than mow the lawn that needs doing well uh, and that's an important role 
So let's indeed, not, let's not indeed, and it's a role I take very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> why not? But, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's fascinating to hear you say that, James, because if you don't mind me saying, you know, you, you mm. strike me as being an actor that is that is always in demand, and and the roles you get. Uh, uh, let's talk Ted Lasso, for example, the the Apple mm. uh, TV series which mm. is just a, a, a piece of joy i mean it is a lovely mm. lovely television show it's just it mm. makes it's feel-good tv and your character trent is just i mean hilarious and and kind of there mm. as the sort of nefarious mixer-upper challenger but with a heart of gold and and it's such mm. a distinctive character you you are so memorable and th- and that's what i mean is you get these roles that really punctuate shows you you kind of you're brought in wheel it come on it's time to wheel out James Lance this scene needs a bit of oomph let's get James Lance in it do you see what I mean that that's how it appears to me well that's so interesting to hear you say that's how it appears because um, I have no idea of those things uh, uh, um, and the idea of wheeling wheeling me in and for a bit of oomph <laughs> long may it last you know right up until the retirement home um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah I, um, I don't know how to answer that really. Um, other than to say, it really, it, it really isn't like that for me. It's I, I have no idea what's going to happen, um, or you know, I think the thing is, is that I've been extremely lucky with in my career because I've, I've managed to continue working, and 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 that in itself. Uh, for any any artist actor is is an incredible thing because mm. if you look at the statistics of actors working, um, it's really really frightening. For, for instance, if my little boy said to me that he wants to be an actor when he grows up, I would genuinely really really try and encourage him to um, get a few other things going on in his life as well because it's it's just such an insecure profession, and with that instability, obviously um, becomes you know, that, that resonates all the way out. So you just, you know, you may get to the point where you can't pay your bills and then this, that, and the other. And so it's, it's, you're on a bit of a knife edge. Um, and when I was a little boy, um, people always used to say to me, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor. And they would just laugh and say, yeah, but you know, what are you going to do really? And I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor. And then I remember the stock, the stock sort of phrase that would always come back to me was, well, you better find something to fall back on. Right. And, I, in my young mind, didn't understand why they would say that. And I actually wish somebody had explained that to me. And if I do work with younger actors, I now explain it. In fact, I was just working with a couple of wonderful young actors playing my sons in something. And I explained this to them. is that the reason, you know, people say um, you need something to fall back on um, is, is, is because of the insecurity of you just never know when you're going you're gonna to work. And if you have got something that you can do as well, it will only benefit your acting career. And I always took it that you had to do one or the other. And I think in this day and age, you can do quite a few different professions at the same time. And if you can do that, then you're going to relax a little, uh, which is only going to benefit your um, artistic endeavors. You know, if you've got something else you can do, which is complementary as opposed to just falling back on, I think, um, uh, if that makes sense to you, then uh, that's that's what I wish I'd understood when I was younger. Because when people said that to me as a young boy, I just thought, I'll show you, you know. And all I did was funnel all of my energy and intention and focus into becoming an actor. And as I say, I was very lucky because I became one. But if I hadn't have managed to make a career, believe me, I'd be absolutely stumped. And there's been many, many times, including in the last few years, where I've thought, oh, God, I need to think about doing something else. And which is fine. I'm more than happy to do something else. The only problem is, is I haven't ever um, trained in doing anything else. So I can't do anything else <laughs> as, as it stands today. So, yeah, does that all make sense? Yes, it does. And and I'm glad you're not trained to do anything else because it sort of means that you have to keep acting, which we benefit from because I want to see you in more things and, and to keep to keep seeing yeah. you on screen and so on. But it is interesting to hear you say this. I had a similar conversation recently with Michael Underwood, the, the broadcaster, who is mm. a terrific, you know, he's a really good broadcaster. He and I have known each other for a thousand years and he recently took up teaching because he's married to Angelica Bell. And he sort of said, mm-hmm. look, the, the two presenters in, a, and we now have young kids, two presenters, mm-hmm. it's not stable. You can't be sure yeah. what, what you're bringing in each month. And it's it's yeah. a challenging situation. When you've got two performers in the family, one of you has to know that they're bringing in X hundred pounds a week or whatever it might be to cover the costs. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm in that situation. My wife is a presenter. Um, her name's Katie Quilton. And oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she's she's she is amazing at, at what she does. And you know, so we're both in the same sort of situation, really. Um, uh, but we we muddle through, and we have faith. We just have sort of a faith that something. I always think it's all, always going to work out. I'm very much um, not just a glass. Uh, half full. I'm, I'm just happy to have a glass kind of a frame of mind, to be honest with you. <laughs> yes, and it, I, it seems to work so far. Well, I mean, that's a very encouraging outlook on it. And I mean, is there, do you have kind of, you know, strange moments where you, you, you're kind of, you've got that negative voice in the back of your mind going, come on, James, it's, uh, let's look at, let's look at something else. Or, or do you maintain that sort of reasonably upbeat focus that actually it's, it's going to be fine? If I'm, it, to be completely honest, I have a deep-seated belief that it's all going to be fine, and and that even if all the work dries up and actually I end up not doing this anymore, that whatever I whatever I'll be doing, it will it will be the right thing for me to be doing. I, I always believe that I get what I'm supposed to get, and um, that goes with roles. and And then if it all dried up. I think I'd be all right. I am interested in, in other things. I mean, the only problem is, of course, is that we need to earn money in this in this life, and that's a bit of a bore. But I'm sure I'll find a way. I love <laughs> Somehow, it. I don't know. No, this is a very mm. nice... It's so refreshing to hear that, James, because you hear sort of... These days, you hear people sort of struggle quite quickly, whereas it sounds like your default is, is the reverse, actually. It's to go, well, well, we'll get through it. You know, we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe that. I, I, I just have this feeling, and I, and I guess I, be, as I say, I do. I, I keep saying this now, but I, I, I'm not saying this to be sort of um, um, what's the word, uh, faux humble or anything like this. I, I am aware of how incredibly lucky I am, but then with that sort of sort of state of gratitude, I feel that I'm able to kind of sense uh, a. Um, uh, a bit of magic around that is going to kind of land at some point, and it seems to do that. And a good case in point, for instance, would be for me landing Ted Lasso. I mean, it's 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 just the most remarkable, beautiful comedy, mm. and it's in line with everything that I'm interested in in my own sort of um, personal life, and um, other than football, actually, which is funny. But um, yeah, uh, you know, in, like in, Ted, in it, to be fair. Yeah, indeed, you know, but it's, you know, and it's themes and it's kind of, uh, it, it, it's very kind and it's um, never judge a book by its cover, you know, and there's this sort of whole novel of somebody in between those things. And, you know, if you look and dig a little further, you'll find there's a bit more to whoever you're dealing with. And I love all of those things. And, I, you know, I, that came at a point for me when actually I'd just become a dad and I thought I'm going to focus on just being a dad for a minute. Katie was working um, a lot and which was great. Uh, so that was happening. And, um, uh, and I was just sort of hanging out with our little boy, which was amazing. And, um, and, uh, and then suddenly the script arrived called Ted Lasso. And as soon as I heard the title, I thought I like this. I don't know why I've got a feeling about it. And it, I was asked to audition in fact, my manager in America had said, I'm sending you this. Take a look at it. I think you'd be great for this role. And it's actually the role of Higgins, you know, that oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Jer Jeremy yeah. Swift said. <laughs> and I said, um, I read it. I said, you know what? There's no way I'm going to get that role. That's not going to happen. Um, I said, but there's this one scene with this one character called Trent Crim. And I mean, that name alone, I was like, "That who's that guy? Trent <laughs> Krim. Yeah. Uh, and he's got one one scene where, you know, he says, is this a fucking joke? Oh, excuse me for swearing. Sorry, you have to bleep that <laughs> out. Um, um, yeah. Um, uh, 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 and um, and uh, I, I said, do, do say to the makers of this, I'd be really interested in playing him. It'll only be a day play, but I, I'd love to play him. I've, he's got, there's, there's something about that character. And um, six months later, um, it came around and they said, no, you're absolutely right with that other role. But yeah, they'd love you to audition for this. And, uh, and then, it, you know, I, I auditioned for it and got it. And then, of course, there was a bit more to Trent Krim than, um, than uh, it kind of originally you would see. I wonder if and that's it, because of you, James. I wonder if it's because, you know, you effectively flagged it up that they thought, well, hang on. 
this guy, he could come in and actually we could do more with it because Trent Trent has become a bigger character, a much bigger character than than one scene and, and making a splash. Sure, he's, he's, yeah. he's the heartbeat of the show now, alongside obviously Ted and, and various other characters. He's a prominent role. Well, he's got yeah. There's uh, you know, but I think actually, I mean, I'd be more than happy to take credit for it, but it would be wrong uh, for me to do so because if I think if you you know the thing with the, that team is they really, I mean, and you'll really see this with season two. It's in, season two is incredible. I haven't seen any of it, but I've read it obviously, and I'm in it. And um, when I read the first episode of season two, I was like, oh my goodness these guys are just so on point with this. It's brilliant how they move the characters along. And um, I think season two is going to just, is going to be extraordinary actually. And then of course the season three next year. So it's an amazing ride to be on. But what I was going to, my point with that is, is that actually what they do with all of the characters is very interesting. They really, really play and investigate uh, the characters, which I guess is the benefit these days of these kind of long form you know, um, bingeable series. Yes. Yes, that's that's very, very cool. I'm trying to remember, and you forgive me for, and we've gone down a bit of a Ted Lasso wormhole here, James, but it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a great show. It's a great show, and I'll, I will get us back on track in a moment, but while we're there, I, sure. I want to go down there, because it would mean that you've met somebody who I think is amazing. I'm trying to remember oh, yeah. which episode he directed, but I believe Zach Braff directed yeah. an episode, didn't he? Did you, so did you get two. to work with him? Yeah, man, oh, I absolutely did. I know, dude. and I kind of, oh, what a dude. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I absolutely, it's just kind of looking across, you know, through the, the eyes of Trent Krim and seeing that brass sat yeah. behind the camera, um, this big, you know, big kind of movie camera, and it's the, it's the, it's that brass. It's the guy from, um, you know, Scrubs, which I just adored. I think yeah. he's brilliant. And he's a brilliant director he's a brilliant as well. Director. Of course, he's a he is. Director. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he is uh, very, very cool. <laughs> you lucky yeah, thing. A, that's the. Way I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, while we're on it though, J- Jason Sudakis. If you want to talk about cool dudes, he is something else. He is a he is a gentleman, and his uh, level of detail and his generosity as a as as a comedy player is is through the roof. You know, it really is. It, we did something in a scene the other day, and he said, how about you try this? And what he, uh, you know, uh, presented was such a funny idea that it will be in the series now that Trent does. And it's just brilliant. He is mega, and he deserves every accolade that he's receiving, in my opinion. How lovely to hear that, because it is a show that, that if, if anyone listening hasn't seen it yet, if you just need to feel good about the world... Get it mm. on. It's it's one of those, isn't it? I I approached it with a bit of cynicism mm. before the episode, the first episode, when I because someone said you've got to watch this, you'll love it, and I was like, nah, it's about a football yeah. manager who doesn't understand football sounds a bit. <laughs> and it was it's so not that. It was just oh, I mean, yeah. so, so to bring it back to James Lance, because after all, we we could talk Ted Lasso forever, but I'd much rather talk about you. You sort of say that that so many of the themes and the the sort of well-being around that show, the vibes it puts out and so on, are, are kind of echoed in your own life. And you've also used the word yeah. magic. I, I'd love to pick up on that. Is this, do you have, I mean, is this sort of quasi-religious belief that you're going on? Is it a, is it a sort of vibe that you've lived your life by forever? What, what sort of beat do you walk to? Wow, what an interesting question. Um, I'm not religious in any way, uh, or um, but I do believe in something which is uh, the sort of magic of the opportunity of being born and being here. You know, I mean, if you look at the stats, apparently the, uh, the, the, the chances of being born are about as likely as a turtle um, popping its head up in the middle of some ocean somewhere and managing to uh, pop its head up through um, a life ring. You know, <laughs> that, 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 apparently that's something like the odds of, of, of us even being here. So, you know, if you actually kind of let that sink in, which is kind of a bit of a mind blower, then, um, then you know, you can't help but feel pretty lucky to be here, for one thing. Um, and and then I sort of believe in, um, I believe in intention. And, uh, uh, you know, um, I, for instance, in, in my, in, I kind of have three things that I sort of slightly live my life by at the moment. But all my three top values are, is that I want to be a present father, uh, and, and personal transformation, and inspirational comedy, and those three sort of um, uh, 
pointers uh, how I'm kind of living my life, really, I, I think. Um, and uh, and so, for instance, Ted Lasso is very much um, um, in the inspirational comedy um, line of thinking, which, which sort of happened once I realized that's actually where I'm most um, sort of feeling in line with my heart and in, in my life, you know. I, I, I believe in the power of comedy yeah. and the effect of it and the healing nature of it, actually. I think it can be, you know, there's nothing like a really good laugh, is there? And it, 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 the sort of the heart of that, it's got to have some authenticity of the human condition, and that's why it makes you laugh so much. And I and I think that there's a sort of, um, there is an, a magic element to um, a punchline and when you laugh like that it is a bit like someone pulling a, a rabbit out of a hat and you, it, you sort of knew it was in there but you didn't and then you see it and you go oh of course and the, and it makes you feel happy to be alive so I feel very happy very happy doing um, any kind of inspirational comedy that's kind of one of my uh, favorite things to do in the world and then being a being a dad you know it's um, that's the biggest privilege of my life I, I just adore it I love hanging out with my with my little boy and then, on, and then on the other level, the, the personal transformation is I'm just trying to, um, I'm trying to get as clear as possible in order to sort of um, spread some light and some joy, to be honest, and, and be a part of, of, of that side of things. What a lovely, what a lovely statement, James. I mean, I'm a, I'm a father. I've got three sons. And so I know. Wow. Three, three. three. Hold on. Let's not skip over that. Three. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I don't know how you do that. That's amazing. It it is. It is. Well, the youngest one is, is only three months old. So yeah, it's, uh, it's it's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's amazing. And I thoroughly (laughs) recommend it, although you'll never sleep again. But other than that, (laughs) so I know, I know exactly where you're coming from in terms of the, in terms of the fatherhood thing. We we will absolutely come back to that because it is it's transforming and, and what are you 46 now so your yeah. your son was you were 43 so yeah. quite, quite an old dad to start with an old dad I mean. yeah i, I yeah, mean that was kindness because so. i'm also an old yeah. dad but you, you right. know what i mean we'll, we'll come back to that because i think actually in a way although we might not quite mm. have the energy and the legs when we're a bit older for the for the, <laughs> for the sports days and stuff at the school the the, the, the sort of emotional power that you bring with knowledge and wisdom and so on i think will will more than make up for the lack of physical strikeliness as it were and yeah of course, and of course, i hope so yeah you have the game, which, is, which is always brilliant um so, so, so let's, let's focus on the inspirational comedy first because those three things that you wanted yeah. are too uh, they're, they're too good a seed not to not to kind of chase up so inspirational comedy I find this fascinating because I look at your career and you've done a lot of straight drama. You've played a lot of heavy handed roles. You played a lot of serious people in, in serious TV shows and, and, and grown up mm. as it were, you know, grown up mm. television, but the comedy, which of course is grown up, but you know what I'm talking mm. about. Yeah. The, the yeah. comedy side is it's very rare to find an actor who can sustain across multiple comedies and still also play the straight stuff like in Bronson and, and Marie Antoinette and so on. But but yet that is such a powerful string to your bow. I mean, Alan Partridge, Space, Teachers, Smack the Pony, Saxondale, Boy Meets Girl, Katie Brand's Big Ass mm. Show. I mean, you've mm. done a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, I have done a lot of comedy. Yes. <laughs> what, what is it about how you perform and deliver those lines and and cock your head and position your body and so on how is it that you are able to encapsulate what makes people laugh are are you aware of it is it something intrinsic or is it something that you've worked on um uh, well it is something i work on i guess in the sense that obviously um you know if i'm in a comedy then then i'll be thinking about I'm not sure what comes first. I sort of try to um, just deliver the most truthful um, uh, sort of presentation of the situation that the character is in with the rest of the other characters. And I, by, I think that's my approach. And by doing that, it, it, there's a sort of, there's also a sort of an over, uh, uh, like a bird's eye view of, okay and where's the funny like you know just keeping an eye on that um and just really trying to always push that as far as it can possibly go um and i'm very interested in the kind of um i think what it is is i'm interested in all facets of comedy so it's 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 uh it's an area and a subject that I think I will always be endlessly fascinated in and I will never sort of um, 
finish with that particular um, uh, trajectory because it's impossible to because you know why, why is something funny it's kind of uh, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation but you know it when you see it and you feel it when you feel it and and um, I'm fascinated by the mechanics of it um, um, as, you know, do you know what I mean I'm, yeah. I, I guess I'm fascinated by the mechanics of it so, so say working with somebody like Steve Coogan or Jason Sudeikis or you know, um, there's so many amazing people out there. Or Matt Berry. It, it, it's like um, I, I guess I'm, I've been around it for a long time, and I watch how they do it, and and I'm eternally kind of inspired by that. So I guess somehow I sort of do my own version of that, and um, that's that's. Does that answer the question? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And it's. And I realise it was a fairly clunky question, so apologies for that. I mean, I, you know, at looking all. at this wonderful CV of comedy that you've done, what stands out for you? What's your favourite? If 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 you only had one remote control one night and you had to watch one of your shows for a laugh, Gosh. what are you what are you putting on? Um. <laughs> oh blimey. Um. Do you know what? Well, I'll say what came into the top of my head just for fun. I think the, the, the role that just, there was a small thing I did that just popped in um, and it kind of it put me on the kind of casting director's map, which then I guess put me uh, um, towards Alan Partridge. Was I did an episode in the first series of Absolutely Fabulous. Of course, yeah. Yeah, playing Safi's boyfriend, yes. Danny. <laughs> and I, that was the first time I got to work with uh, the uh, amazing. Uh, um, Joanna Lumley. I mean, everybody in that cast, you know, from Jane Horrocks to, to Jennifer Saunders, to, you know, everybody was brilliant. But um, but Joanna Lumley uh, in particular, I, I just fell head over heels with her. As an, I was an 18-year-old boy and we did that uh, episode in front of a live audience at the BBC TV Centre. And Joanna Lumley, by the way, did the warm-up uh, for the audience beforehand, oh, which was yeah, which was hilarious. And, you know, this was before. So when the scripts arrived and they were calling each other Sweetie Darling and all of this kind of thing, I assumed that these two, uh, Patsy and Edna, were in a, were a couple. And <laughs> that they were, you know, I had no idea it was just what the vernacular of it was. I didn't really understand it. All I knew that I sort of had to come in and do my bit. And we, that was back in the day when you would rehearse at, um, at the BBC Centre for it as well. And you'd have these lovely rehearsals with those wonderful characters. And um, and that was wonderful. And then uh, it was it was performance night when they filmed it, and Joanna Lumley just switched it on. And there's a moment in it where my character Danny takes a sip sip of his beer when Joanna says hello, Danny, and um, and I literally and she turned it on for the night. Of course, I thought she was going to do it as she did it for the week, which I was quite used to. But then suddenly. It, she switched it on, and and that and I spilled my the beer frothed up and spilled all over the place, and it was a genuine sort of gulp before, <laughs> like oh my god, and I was just utterly smitten with Joanna Lumley. I could tell you much more about my stories about because <laughs> I went on to work with her a few times. Um, but I yeah, so, so for me that has a real little place in my heart because I just laugh at that young boy <laughs> falling in love with Joanna Lumley. Too right. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how old she would have been when you were 18. I mean. I mean, it's 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 verging on the the Mrs. Robinson, isn't it? I was more than happy with that. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah, even now. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. Even now, yeah. even now, and when when you see Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, what do you think? Ah, he did well there. <laughs> 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 yes, it's a glorious thing. No, she's a national treasure, isn't she? And 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 wow. she's a she's a yeah. And you know, she in between scenes, I did with this other series that they called Sensitive Skin, where I actually ended up playing her son in two series of that, which was a, which was brilliant. And um, she would, you'd see her sitting off in the corner in between setups sometimes, literally with a, a black bin bag of fan letters that she would personally re- reply to. She replies to every single fan letter she's ever received. She's a wonderful, wonderful human being. And she used to say to me, are we going to go and smoke now, Jim? And I think, yes, we are, Joanna. Yes, we are. <laughs> and then I'd have these little cigarette moments with her outside of the buildings and she'd just, I'd just listen to her, look up at her telling these amazing stories. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely human being. Wow. So so is this the sort of education by default through through watching 
people like Joanna Lumley who are joy spreaders, you know, and, and actually yeah. those, just those anecdotes that you've shared with the, the, the bin liner with fan letters and so on, it, it just sort of speaks to the person, how special and remarkable they are. And you had that as a foundation right at the start of your career. You're watching huge stars effectively mm. showing you this is the way. If you want to behave well, this is the way. Is is that part yeah. of the reason why you've got this lovely mindset with your personal transformation, with your desire to, to kind of spread happiness and magic? I, 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 um, I think it probably is um, because, you know, somebody like Joanna Lumley doesn't take any, doesn't seem to take anything for granted, you know, um, and we'll, and everybody is on the, she will treat everybody as a, a, with the respect and love that you would hope that she would treat, say, the Dalai Lama from whoever, 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 you know, she's just really, she's in that vibration. Um Every time I've ever met with her and worked with her, she's she's completely there, and so that yeah, that definitely was an inspiration to me. I mean, I've obviously worked with people that don't treat people like that, and um, that doesn't look quite so much fun, and it doesn't look like maybe they they um, they're quite so uh, respectful of their situation uh, or other people's, and um, so yeah, it was kind of a quite straightforward choice as to how to how to kind of live my life, I guess, uh, along, the, uh, along with those experiences, yeah. I mean, it does make me want to sort of press for who that might have been that was a bit, a bit unpleasant. I sense that you won't tell me, but if I, if I don't ask, I'm definitely not going to find out. I'm, I'm going to put a name yeah. to you, and if you defend him, then it won't be him. It's Steve Coogan? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 it's not Steve Coogan. I'm going through the list no. here, James. I've got a long list here. Yeah. We'll get it by elimination. <laughs> it's not, it's sure, not Coogan, right? sure. It's not Coogan. I think I forget them. I, they start to they start to evaporate from my mind, the ones that weren't so pleasant, to be honest with you. I, I don't stick around with them in my mind either. I think, you know, there's no point. I can't actually, honestly, I cannot remember who who is probably the most, badly behaved human being I've worked with, but I know they're out there. I, 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 um, I've met a few, yeah. yeah. And I, but to be honest with you, I find them quite, quite amusing as well. They can be, can be quite fun, you know, being with a real crazy nut job, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as well. It's, I might not necessarily want to emulate that behavior, but it's, um, it's quite fun to be around there well, again. You know, I, I don't know if you, They'll treat you Sorry, with, I, with with a degree of reverence anyway, because you'll be on screen with them. So you're talking more about how they behave to the to the rest of the crew, as it were, and and you know. Yes, yes, and also I've not been treated with reverence in any way, shape, or form either, as well. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a documentary called um, My Best Fiend, uh, which is uh, Werner Herzog's movie that he made about his relationship with Klaus Kinski. Okay, no, I haven't. I recommend it highly. It's brilliant. And Klaus Kinski, you know, was just wild and out there. And, and, and I'm, I'm fascinated with characters like that. But I would imagine being on set with them could be quite tricky, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, have you had circumstances? Because, of course, a lot of, we've, we've established a lot of what you've done is, is comedy, but also you've had some mm. very brutal, kind of very dark scenes that, that you've had to kind mm. of address. And have you found, because I'm aware that different directors, different productions and so on all have different approaches. I don't know mm. if you've watched the, uh, the the new Lewis Arnold one with Sean Bean in, where, where he's in he's in prison, uh, that, that's just right, started no. on BBC. But, it, you know, that looks incredibly sort of, ah, this is really hardcore. And, and you kind of imagine yeah. behind the scenes it must be very tense and very fraught. Have you found that, that there have been occasions where you've walked onto a set and it's just very dark and, and it's really a quite a frightening space to be in. Yes, I think I have uh, along the, along the way. I, I want to make a joke and say it was something like 2.4 children, but it wasn't, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, it was terrifying. No, um, um, I'm just trying to think. I, I, I can't remember when it was, but you, 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 yeah, you do go, you do, yeah, you go to some kind of dark places for sure. I mean, um, you know, Bronson was an interesting one for me. I, you know, I played this, uh, the art feature in Bronson with Tom Hardy, which Nicky Finding Reckon directed. And so that whole experience was, was incredible. And that was before both their careers really, really took off. And just being on that set was pretty, pretty wild. But not least because I was playing somebody who it was based on a real character that had um, been taken hostage by Bronson in a prison. And I'd seen the CCTV footage of the um, sort of uh, uh, the attack and, uh, with Bronson. And, um, you know, there was a line in it where, well, not a line, it was something that the teacher said where he just 
Bronson's kind of torturing him sort of thing. And he just kind of went, oh, I'm not feeling very well now, Charlie, you know, and it was heartbreaking. And I, and I took that line and um, put it into the script um, uh, of, of the days when Tom as Charlie was, you know, kind of being really abusive to my character. And I really was kind of tied up for a few days and it was quite, you do feel a sort of um, a responsibility to the character, whether they're real or not, in a, in a way to sort of, you know, be um, true to it. So, yeah, it does take you to some strange places now and again, for yes, sure. Yes, well, that I mean, that was an incredible movie. And, of course, Tom Hardy was, I mean, gigantic on the screen, wasn't he? I mean, he was just, what a, what a presence. Yeah. It must have been terrifying when he was in character, just sort of <laughs> being anywhere near. Well, you know, he, yeah, he was in character the whole time oh, as well. No. He was, oh. yeah, yeah. He pretty much, I mean, a little aside now and again, and I had decided that I wanted to turn up in character as well. So I kind of turned up as this, um, and I'd made him scouts as well, because I'd been, I'd been um, um, on a kind of research trip in Liverpool and where I met some um, prison art teachers and met some phenomenal people and, um, and decided I was going to kind of um, do him scouts. And um, so I turned up like that. And in order to get away with it, I just thought I'm just going to turn up speaking like this and no one will say anything. And they didn't. <laughs> and so I kind of stayed in, stayed in character pretty much. Uh, but Tom was, was basically, you know, Charlie all pretty much the whole time. Crikey. And, um, and, you know, that was quite a menacing. Uh, although I will say we did our first scene together and we hadn't said anything to each other other than what we were, you know, just sort of as, as in character. And we did the first scene and he turned to me and he just whispered, he went, you're a bit bloody good, aren't you? Good to have you on board. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and it was, he, yeah. And he'd given me a little, little, you know, a little pat on the back there and then off we went. And it was great. It was amazing. Wow. Amazing experience. Wow. Wow. I mean, mm. I, I must say though, James, you possibly shot yourself in the foot by, by kind of having the Scouse accent off camera as well, because of course the director, I mean, if you just yeah. walked around with a hammer a little bit, you could have, you know, the, you, you could have been wearing the old, uh, I'm of course talking about the film Drive that he went on to, to do so well. Yeah, yeah. Been, was it Ryan Gosling? That could have been you if yeah. you just sort of expressed yeah, an interest in, in tools. And instead, I'm I'm on driven with you, Andy, today. Well, so, you know, we, <laughs> but you know, close. Ryan's loss is my game. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we'll 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 get a plank of wood and some 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 nails, and we'll show him what was missed. <laughs> we'll have some fun with it. But gosh, yes, that does sound. I mean, an actor's life. Wow, it, it does sound utterly fascinating, and and also a little bit terrifying at times. Yeah, it was it was fascinating. I mean, that particular one. You know, we did this day on that where his character was torturing my character for kind of all day long, and I was in tears all over the place, and this, that, and the other. And then at the end of the day, I was in the makeup, uh, getting all my makeup uh, taken off me, and, and there was all this sort of blood and bits and bobs. And um, and it was, it was Nicholas finding reference popped his head through the the door. And he said, uh, uh, "Well done for today." He said, um, "You and Tom, you were great." But um, we're going to reshoot everything again tomorrow. Oh, no. oh, yeah, no. and I was sitting there thinking, "Wow!" Because actually, as far as I was concerned, that was the best day's acting it felt like I'd ever been involved in. And uh, and I said, "Oh, really?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, um, "He said you were great, but uh, you guys were great, but I've seen it all before." And he said, um, "Are you okay getting naked?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah." He went, "Okay, great. See you tomorrow." <laughs> oh my. And and um, and then I had a night thinking, oh no, what 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 was he going to do? And then the next day, he completely uh, he rewritten the scene that night, and then that whole stuff where he paints, where Tom's character paints my face with the Matisse with the apple and the bowler hat, which came from an improvised line between Tom and I, and he and he and he he created this completely new scene for it, which is in the movie, and that was that was really cool to be working with a director who had the kind of ability to to move in that way wow wow although i bet you didn't sleep that night thank you i did not <laughs> sleep that night no and i was just all night thinking oh no right so okay so i'm gonna be naked i mean you know am i is that gonna is it the end of my career yeah <laughs> you know how you know how how big is this role if you know what i'm saying yes and uh yes. yeah oh god oh yes, god was... nightmare oh yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, did you have a little? <laughs> just, did you have a chat with Little James at any point ahead of the ahead of going on set? Little, <laughs> well, the problem with that situation is Little James was just terrified, so I used to <laughs> shrank even more. So I just, yeah, I don't, I didn't know. I just sort of uh, held on for dear life and hoped the right thing would happen, and it kind of did. 
<laughs> well, yes. I mean, it was it was uh, on screen magic, but goodness me, I mean, <laughs> it could have not been. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could have been a whole different career. I mean, you could have gone into Indeed. a fascinating sideline. Indeed. In- Celebrity <laughs> porn with James Lance. Indeed, Hi, indeed. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not do that. That would be strange. <laughs> James, you seem so sort of. Well, I, I, we've never met before. It's our first chat. You, you just seem like a really lovely guy. I feel I feel the need to sort of say that. I, I think your vibe is fabulous. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank, likewise. Yeah. Likewise. No, it's just you, you know you, you you put out all the right things and you don't often hear that you know i wasn't sure what to expect ahead of our chat because of course you know in terms of wikipedia etc you're, you're rather like sure. me you you it's, it's you're as, as hidden as you can be with your private stuff which i admire right. immensely but so i wasn't right, sure what yeah. sort of a guy would answer the phone you know i thought well i, I know i know you've got great hair you know, <laughs> and I know, I know you're a cracking actor but that doesn't that doesn't speak to your personality at all you're, you're a very deep thinking caring kind of guy aren't you Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I, I mean, um, I, yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, I hope I'm a caring guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I get the feeling you care about your output. I don't mean your, your professional yeah. output. I mean your output into the world, what you contribute in terms of energy. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And more and more and more so. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot, I mean, because we're all kind of broadcasters these days, aren't we? There's so much broadcasting going on, you know, like as in with our, I, I mean, I've chosen not to be on social media um, because I just don't, personally, I couldn't quite cope with that, um, for me personally. And it's and as I've got older, it seems like it is really extraordinary choice and because, you know, if I say that to a, to a young person, um, you know, they literally look at me like, what, you're not on social media? That, mm. That's bizarre and um but I, I remember thinking when it came along i was thinking oh this probably won't last very long <laughs> and how wrong how wrong was i and um bad. but yet yeah but i sort of feel like if i was constantly this is just me talking personally if i was constantly thinking about my um sort of output like that i i think i would I think that would compromise uh, my my well being. I really do think it would do that for me. I, I don't think I cope very well with it. I mean, and especially then, you know, if you get some sort of um, negative feedback and all that sort of stuff, or or you know, say something, you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or whatever. So, yeah, I do sort of. Um, I think I like my output to be uh, within a production and. Um, uh, you know, as a character, and that's sort of what I try and say about the world through through the characters that I get to play. That's where I feel most most comfortable. And then, I mean, in terms of output, um, but then on my day to day, it's just it's very you know, it's just I'm hanging out with my family, and um, and uh, and and that's just uh, a joy. So yeah, it's um, I try. I guess I'm trying to keep life quite simple. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, the, the the simplest things are often the greatest, and yeah, I mean, family is is really ultimately the only thing that matters. You know. Well, yeah. Do you know it's funny you say that because I was thinking the other day when I was a young man, I used to look at uh, the, you know men or and and a family man. You know what you'd call a family man. I think how can you be a family man? Like that just looks so boring for me. Like the idea of being a family man, like I want to be out, you know, partying and meeting as many women as I can and just sort of just living the life of, of sort of Errol Flynn or, you know, or, or a version, you know, uh, a, a sort of a Suffolk Coast version of that. And um, where I was, sorry, Suffolk Coast version of that was living. And, um, and then, you know, and you grow up. And you get older and it's like, oh, my goodness, like, that's the last thing I, I want to be is out there partying now. You know, and um, I just adore being um, a family man. It's, it, and that to me is a bit of a revelation, to be honest with you. Yeah. I had no idea how much I was going to fall in love with our child when, when, when he came along. And it was absolutely instantaneous. And like, you know, they don't, well, maybe they, no one told me that was going to happen. Um, and what that would do. And it did, it just transformed my life completely and utterly changed everything for me. Yes, it's, you've, you've put it perfectly. It changes absolutely everything. <laughs> 
yeah. just instantly. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how, how you had, but I, I was crying at TV adverts within a couple of days of, of my first being born because I'd suddenly yeah. this new kind of emotional crikey, what this this tap had been turned on and it was it completely threw me. I started caring about strangers' kids, you know, as I'd see them oh. playing on their bikes on the street and I'd be like, oh, I hope they're all right, you know, whereas I wouldn't have even noticed them prior to being a dad. I- Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then you start thinking of all the mums that have ever been, and that you know. And I remember, you know, you'd hear this phrase sometimes now and again. Oh, I'm just a mum, or something. And then when you become a parent, you think, no, there's no such thing as just a mum. Yeah. It's like uh, that's the most important and vital role of any of, of of any of any profession or any kind of thing you could do in this on this planet. Really, is you is, is to take care of your children and create that. An environment for them to grow up, you know, where they're sort of, uh, you know, they can be playful and let the imagination run and safe and cared for and all of those things. But you know, as we know as parents, that takes work. Yes. I mean, that that's 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 quite exhausting. I mean, I I say that as a forty-six-year-old man. It's it comes to the end of the day every day with my wife and I and our little boy. I mean, we are completely exhausted. Yes. I was thinking on one of these. Um, one of these interviews that I'm doing for you know for the film is that people might say to me, "So what are you watching now?" And I said to my wife, "I was like, what what have we what have we watched that we like or whatever?" And she's like, "Well, just, just say that you're a parent and you haven't seen it, you know, so you haven't seen anything." I mean, the only thing I watch is Peppa Pig. I was going to say, um, it's Peppa Pig. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, which is marvelous, isn't it? And yes. you, and, and and I mean, you know, Dad, Daddy Pig. He's, I so relate to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm taking on many of Daddy Pig's traits. Most mostly the waistband. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lockdown doesn't help that either. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. In fact, in fact, the term dad bod is now it, it just mocks me daily, and I, and and I have to, you know, there it is. That's that's what it is these yeah. days, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Dad bod times yeah. three. But it, yeah, it's yeah, but it's just it. It was a wonderful thing to happen to me. That you know, suddenly life doesn't become about you, but it becomes about your children. Yes, and then it all it, everything changes. Yes, a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, and it'll never be the same again. And it's and it's all the better for it. Will you will you extend? Will you have an, another? Do you think, or are you are you? Uh, we, uh, yeah, I think we would love to have another. The, we're just, as I say, he's three now, and I think we are just starting to land and think, okay, uh, okay, <laughs> that's about <laughs> as far as we've got. <laughs> and so, if, if 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 we're lucky and we have another one, then uh, then yeah, we'd be delighted to call. Um, yeah, we'd be delighted. Uh, uh, I say that with a kind of a slightly uh, a cocked, heavy head, thinking, how are we going to do those nights again? You know, yes. uh, our little boy, bless his heart, he's, he was not, he's not a, a natural sleeper, you know, so um, we've, yeah, we were exhausted. Yeah, yeah I, I can echo the your sentiments times three. My, none of mine are particularly, uh, particularly fond of going to sleep or staying asleep. <laughs> Ever, mm, <laughs> that's mm, fine. That's fine. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Daddy's always on the night shift, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, happy yeah, days. yeah. Happy days. No, it's all good. James, you've you've kind of alerted me to the fact. I've just noticed the time. How long we've been chatting for? We haven't talked. Uh, me, myself, and Di, and, and of course, that's ultimately the, the reason I was lucky enough to get you on this show. So, oh right, well, let's do it. Be completely remiss of me not to to, to have a little bit of a chat about it because that's yeah. ultimately what what you've got to plug, as it were. Yes, um, yes. So I've seen the film, but I, I hate to be the guy that summarises plots and things because I am always afraid of the spoilers. So can can you promote me, myself and Di? Because I know how much, you'll know how much you're allowed to say, whereas I don't, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's a comedy about becoming who you are meant to be and who you truly really are. And um, that's, in a nutshell, that's what this is. It's a feel-good uh, comedy, basically, and um, and and it's starring uh, Katie Clayton, who in itself the way that she got the role is quite interesting because she auditioned for a role that uh, a character only had one line, and the producer saw something in her and said, "Can you take a look at the script and come back in a couple of hours and, and audition for the lead role?" And that's how Katie got the lead role, and um, and she's magnificent in it. She's just all heart she's what she's she's it's a wonderful performance that she gives she's a um, ray of sunshine james she smiles endlessly and it is infectious actually it's really infectious isn't it yeah you 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 sort of fall in love with her kind of instantly and root for her, for her which is um 
which is of course exactly what you need to do for her character. Yeah, she's wonderful. Uh, I think she gives an amazing performance. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's it's it's a feel good comedy really, and um, I get to play. Uh, it's most of it's set on uh, um, a holiday camp. And um, I played a holiday camp owner, a guy called Chris Craven, and um, who's also thinks of himself as a as a as an entertainer. Um, and so I got to kind of channel uh, quite a lot of, sort of slightly vaudevillian musical energy, um, uh, and just sort of got in my own little rocket ship and flew off with that one. <laughs> You're like the Caravan Park's Willy Wonka. Uh, that's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's exactly what he's like. <laughs> Even dresses a bit like him. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it. that's true. That's it. No, and there's, mm. I mean, there's lots. What, what's refreshing is that it's a very. I don't mean this to sound kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it'll sound, but it's it's just a. It feels like a classic British comedy. You know what I mean? Mm. In, in that sort of very mm. traditional British sense, of mm. you know. The, the, the characters are sort of you know who everyone is quite quickly. You know, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, right, Lucy, Lucy's playing that role. And yeah, Tiny yeah. Through Honey's playing that guy. And you know, there's not sort of you don't need a, a lengthy explanation or twenty minutes to un, un kind of uncover who they are. You kind of get them straight away, and that that allows the plot yeah. to sort of unfold quite quite fast, which I love about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just enjoy watching um, without giving well. Am I going to, no, I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, you, you enjoy watching um, uh, Katie, um, you know, uh, sort of, as her story unfolds, I think, in particular. And also Lynn, um, uh, Lucy's uh, character as well. It's, uh, it, it's interesting what happens there, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. No, it's, it's, I mean, and also it's very well timed. I don't know if that was deliberate. I don't know if it was filmed during lockdown and so on. But of course, it is a time when, when mm. cinemas are finally open again, which is something we've been all waiting for for such a long time. And actually, yeah. and sort of quite frustratingly, a lot of films are still holding back, you know, the likes of Bond and stuff. You just kind of go, come on, the doors are open. Get the big blockbusters on, you know, give us a reason yeah. to get back to the theatres. So it's nice that actually it's going to be available on, on the big screen as well, because people need a reason to go back to the cinema other than just that it's open, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. I hadn't, I hadn't sort of uh, thought of that. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, God, yeah, it's going to be so good to get into the cinema and and, and see this, um, and be in a room full of people laughing. Yeah. I, I, I really miss well, hopefully laughing. You know, I really, um, I really miss that. I miss that, and particularly, particularly the theatre. Actually, I, I just love being in a in a theatre. You know, when you've got some live comedy going on, um, and and being part of that uh, that collective laughter i've i have really really missed that during this uh this lockdown for sure yeah. that would that would be my probably the main thing i've missed actually no, is being absolutely. in a room full of people laughing communal mm. laughter is you can't beat it you can't really beat it can you it's uh no it's a it's a, it's a great thing i saw Stuart lee perform um just before this whole thing happened and i can still i was literally doubled up over um and hysterics at how funny he was. Um, that was at Leicester Square Theatre before, just before the lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be good to be seeing these people back out there, and you know, films like Me, Myself, and Die. It's, it's going to be good. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely amazing. James, what's next for you? You've you've sort of referenced Ted Lasso's season two and and season three, which I hope you will be a part of as well. Yes, I've been I've been uh, I've been told that I'm a part of season three, and that starts. Uh, shooting at the beginning of next year, so that's uh, a, a you know a wonderful uh, thing to look forward to, um, and will allay my insecurity of never working ever again somewhat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's bang. That's bang. The diary is, has something in it. Excellent. That's let me tell you. That's probably the first time in my career that's ever happened. Oh, so cool. so that yeah. So that's a really nice thing to know that that's happening. Um, um, and I, I've, yeah, I've just finished this Oscar Wilde. Uh, uh, TV thing called The Cantonal Ghost, which is also that Anthony Head is in as well. He's oh, also nice. in Ted Lasso. Then that was um, amazing fun. Um, uh, and, but other than that, um, I don't know what is coming up next. I am in that. I'm in that place. Yeah, I, d I don't know what I'm going to be doing next. Well, I hope it's something wonderful, joy bringing, and incredibly exciting. And I hope it happens Cheers, very, man. very quickly. No, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. James, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your company. You've been a really, really interesting guy and, I, and I've loved it, actually.
Oh, thanks. Cheers. Likewise, it's been a really, really good chat. And um, yeah, thanks very much. It's been really good to talk to you, and thanks for being so, you know, so uh, so kind. The Andy J Podcast. There you go. Didn't I tell you? Wasn't he lovely? I am a big fan of James Lance, not just his remarkable hair, but he as a person has absolutely enchanted me. What a lovely man. What a fascinating conversation. And his insights into the industry. Love it. Love it. Really chuffed with that. Thank you so much for choosing the Andy J podcast tomorrow. Just for you, Mr. Harry Redknapp. Oh, yes. Harry Redknapp's on the show tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a second. See you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.